podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. The Newcastle Natter is back for the season by Labrooks. Hello and welcome to the Newcastle Natter. My name is Fergus Craig and I am joined by Dave Watson. Hi Fergus. And not Paul Doolan because he's out with a back injury. I mean, it's not... Yeah. You wouldn't have thought it would affect your pod, podding abilities. I mean, I understand no. that he doesn't want to do it. I don't. You don't. Okay, fair enough. I don't forgive him for this. He's left us in the lurch one too many times. He's like um, he's like feigning injuries, like Marcelino of the pod. He's out with a, with a suspect injury. Mm. Well, I wasn't in last week. Um, what's actually going on is that me and Paul have had a big fight and we can't, <laughs> we can't be in the same room together. What did he What did he say to you that, that set you off? I mean, was it a specific thing that he said that, you know, really pushed your buttons? Because I know what he's like. He can say some pretty horrific things. I don't know if I want to say it. I don't know if I want to say it on the pod because it was genuinely quite offensive. Um. Do you want to? Do you want to know, know what he said? Shall I say it? Well, I, th- I think we can... I think it, use it as a bit of catharsis. Just cut it out. Okay, he said the Newcastle Natter is back for the season by Labrooks. Sign up. I mean, it was so obvious that one, wasn't it? Absolutely. I mean, it wasn't pre-planned, but you were setting no. me up. Sign up and deposit up to fifty pounds, and Labrooks will be put the same amount into your account giving up to £50 worth of free... I mean, by this point, I had him pinned up against the wall. You what, mate? (laughs) You what? (laughs) Giving up to £50 worth of free bets. You can get this offer by following the link at bet.newcastlepodcast.com. And then I said, you and me are through. That's it. (laughs) Was this before or after you went to the Chelsea game? It was... um, it was jeering. <laughs> right. Just as Hazard puts in the third. Yeah. Fucking... Yeah. yeah. I was so pissed off that I did a shit in my seat. <laughs> <laughs> that, if you don't know, is a reference to something that was all over uh, social media this weekend, which is that um, a Sunderland fan at the Stadium of Light was so disgusted with her performance this weekend that he did almost as a as a sort of piece of art he he had a shit in his seat <laughs> there's pictures oh, of I'm it I'm so glad you uh, I'm so glad you brought that up because I wanted to but you know course, I get yeah. criticised but yeah I mean it's funny it's just fucking disgusting How, he must have been like off his face on something to because he, he looks like a young lad, and he's whipped his checks down and just had a, had a poo. He's had a poo. Well, it's a statement, isn't it? I mean, he's made his point. <laughs> well, if it's shit on the pitch, shit in the ground. Is it, you know... I mean, the last person to shit in a football stadium nearly made it to the World Cup final. <laughs> Even Lin- Lineker tweeted about it. All right, there you go. Oh, yeah, he did, didn't he? Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah like I say, it's like a, it's like an installation. It's a it's a piece of art. Um, um it's disgusting, absolutely vile. 
Have I ever told you my mum studied fine art at Sunderland Polytechnic? <laughs> <That's> actually, <laughs> that is actually true. What is this? I just brought it up just because I was saying Sunderland and art in the same sentence. Needless to say, needless to say, she does not currently have a career as an artist. But you know, nor is she shitting on seats. I hope. No, not yet. (laughs) Not yet. We've got that to look forward to. So yeah, me and uh, me and Paul went to the to the game on uh, Saturday. I got to see a goal. A Newcastle United goal in person. I don't think I've had that for um, genuinely about two years. I think it's about two years this month since the last time I saw Newcastle United score a goal in person. I mean, you are a bit of a jinx, mate. Maybe. Maybe I am. There There were quite a few years that I went where I'd never seen us lose live. So it's all coming back to bite me. Mine was the other way around. Like, every away trip I went to, um, we lost. Uh, and genuinely, mates that I was going to the match with were saying, look, could you just not come next time? Because you, it's clearly your fault. It's got nothing to do with, you know, Graham Sunet or whoever else. It was, it was definitely down to me being in attendance. So maybe it, it is you. I think, to be honest, our jinxes might just happen to coincide with peaks and troughs in the history of Newcastle United. <laughs> There's been a lot of troughs. To be fair though, I did go to two games last season and we won the championship, but I still did not see a goal. But I saw one on Saturday. Early kickoff. Yeah. Um early kickoff, I guess uh did, did you watch the game, Dave? Yeah, I watched it. Um it was it was re- very reminiscent of the Man U game. You know, we started quite brightly. Um and get, you know, started by scoring a goal, and it just seemed to wake them up a bit. And I think the the, the difference is obviously like we're still we said it before we're still a championship side, a good one that got promoted. We haven't strengthened that much, but these two, like Man U and Chelsea, are just so much better than us. It's it's like we're playing a different sport. Like I, Eden Eden Hazard. Eden Hazard. You're doing Hazard. the same thing that I did the last time I did the pod just with you. I started with, did you see the game? And then you're doing a full review of the whole game. <laughs> well, okay, so what did you, like, so were you, um, were you in a good spot to see all the goals? Yeah, to Stamford Bridge is a, a really good stadium. No noise from the fans, like none, but it's a really good stadium. Um, the, uh, our, goal came at the opposite end but you had a perfectly good re- view of it they were the fans but also the Chelsea team at the start didn't seem like they were they'd woken up yet those early kickoff games are often quite shit they're often mm. quite um flat flat yes so I think it was good for the game that we scored first because yeah. it woke Chelsea up but um yeah, you're right. They uh, they're, they're just a better football team. They're s- yeah, and they've got. I mean, they've got one of the best players on the planet at the minute. Like Hazard at the minute is he's got to be up there in, in in the same conversation as like Kevin De Bruyne and um, you know maybe not the Messi level, but 
dug the next one down because he, he on this kind of form, and he clearly he clearly fancied it during the game. Like might not have started strongly, but as the game wore on, he just grew in confidence, and he's just having he's having a bloody whale of a time. He's a player who um, is not to be smug about the fact that I was there, but he he was a player who. Obviously, I went to that game knowing Eden Hazard was a, is a very good player. But seeing him live, you get a real appreciation for just how much space opens up around him when he's got the ball. You just no one can get near him. I don't really understand no. it how players can do that. You get certain players who I don't really get it. They just seem to have like so much space. I guess it's just such um, close control and balance. And it's it's an awareness of space. You see it with with players like 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 Hazard, like um, even David Silva, De Bruyne. Like I said, and they always seem to just their first touch uh, isn't just to control the ball; it's to put the ball where they need it to be for the next thing that they do. And it's always into a little bit of pocket of space. Um, and, and I mean, it'd be great if we had a player like that. It was similar to like um, you'd see it with. Uh, not necessarily to the same level, but even like Johan Kabai when he was at his peak, his first yeah, you would was always pretty that. good. You would notice yeah. that class. I mean, there's different levels of it. I, I remember seeing, saying last season, seeing um, Scott Parker at Fulham, old man yeah. Scott Parker, and noticing that class that he had. You just get those. Yeah, uh, you, I think I think you mentioned it actually in the pod after we played them. But you were like, I, wouldn't you to have someone of that class? Yeah, that, yeah. Kabai is a good shout. He definitely had that. Yeah. And yeah, we don't have someone the, with those no. abilities. Um, I mean, I'm not saying that Scott Parker is in the no. same category as Eden Hazard. <laughs> Certainly not 37-year-old <laughs> Scott Parker or whatever he is. But you know what I'm saying. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, I'll tell you... Like Marino. Oh, sorry, go on. I'll tell you someone who's definitely not in the same category as Edin Hazard, but did manage to, uh, to the consternation of Newcastle fans, win another place in our starting 11 in central midfield, was Mo Diame. Yeah. I, I'm going to, I'm just going to go to Twitter here, uh, because uh, someone has asked, who is it who asked it? Uh, David Stratton asked, if Diame isn't the worst player in the league, who is? I, I can't make an argument for anybody else. I mean, I bet every club, every, I bet every club's fans has that one player that they are adamant is the worst player in the league. <laughs> yeah. But I but would say I think, that we've got a pretty good case yeah. right it's now. Just, so in the same way as, well, completely counter to his first touch, taking him into a, a, a useful position or putting it where he wants it to be. Like, Modiama's first touch seems to be... It seems to bounce off him like he's made of rubber. It's just... He has no first touch, and then he's lethargic to his second touch. Well, he does a lot he, of getting the ball and then... Right, got the ball. OK. Um, I suppose I should think about what I should do. Let's have a look around. Um, <laughs> it, it's, his brain is slow. I will say yeah. that... Uh, that is nowhere near the worst game I've seen him had for us this season. He did have some no. all right moments. 
they were like he did not lose the ball 75% of the time it was more like 25% of the time that's yeah. an improvement he, a, a few times amazingly he was taking the ball off Kante he was doing a Kante on Kante so he was actually doing some quite good um, ball winning mm. but he's he definitely lacks in the in the ball distribution department so one thing I was thinking is that perhaps the lineup that we that Benitez named, perhaps that was similar to oh let's give four four two a go against Man U because it's a free hit. Maybe maybe keeping Shelby out of out of that game where he is likely to get frustrated, he might be picked on not picked on, but like like isolated and and and, and selected by the Chelsea players to to rile up and to to you know try and get him a, a booking or a red card or just get him like injured or whatever. And I think that perhaps that's that's why Benitez went with um like why he kept Shelby out of it. Um and then our lack of options meant that it was, you know, Marino and uh Diame in the centre rather than what you'd expect, which would be Shelby and Marino or well, Hayden, Hayden. Was, Hayden didn't play either. I, I, we were speculating whether um, Rafa had, in the same way you might with a League Cup game, use it as an opportunity to rest some players. He had sort of mm. chalked this off as a definite loss and used it to rest some players. I yeah. don't know if that's a strong enough reason to put Diame in the middle of your midfield yet again. No, no, I agree. I think... I- even if you, I don't know, I don't know. I honestly, I, I can't. I mean, we didn't have another game for a week. It's no. not like we've got a midweek game coming up. No, but you know, and, and what's done is done. But then the next game's Leicester, and you'd you'd fancy to name like the preferred lineup against the against Leicester. Certainly, can, Leicester at home. You've got to you've got to treat that as. Uh, three points target, even though they're on form, and we will talk about that Leicester game. But um, let's yeah. let's talk a bit more about this Chelsea game. We went into the lead. That was a lovely feeling. There was a penalty shout, and we was I was certainly still in the like mode of appealing for the penalty. And then I, this is the thing: I haven't seen a score a goal live for about two years, and I still feel like the moment was robbed off me. I thought I had like a real <laughs> delayed reaction. I just couldn't believe it was happening. I didn't understand that we had scored. I was still appealing yeah. for the penalty, and I was like, "No, no, but, but what about the penalty?" <laughs> 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 you know, it just it just didn't seem credible that we'd actually scored. So I had yeah. a real like looking around, like, "No, there, there must be you know something else going on." But no, we we scored. Mm. Dwight Gale another goal. Yeah, um, and that's so what I, is that? Two goals to... in three games for him. Uh, off the top of my head, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, it must be because he didn't score against West Brom. Um, I think, I think it's Hossu. I can't see him getting his place, starting place back if we're playing one up front. Because um, Gale might not be offering as much defensively as, as Hossu does by harassing the centre backs, but Gale's scoring, and at the end of the day. That's what you want a striker to be doing is scoring goals. Sure, I mean and, you. you, know, and, you know, I was going to say you and Paul in the last 
podcast which I listen to. Very entertaining. Mm. I'm still livid with Paul, okay. but you know, very entertaining. <laughs> <coughs> and um, and you were both thinking that Mitrovic has to start. He has to be starting against West Brom, and yeah. um, he didn't. So I mean, what the fuck is going on there? I don't know. But he must be off in January, mustn't he? Sorry, I'm yeah, sure you had more to say on Gail. No, no, that that was it. Just that he's scoring goals. So he, he and and frankly, that he's scoring goal puts Mitrovic behind the pecking, like keeps Mitrovic out of the pecking order. But that that is maintaining his his place when clearly to to I don't know lesser footballing minds um, like I was. I, I don't get it, but then Rafa Benitez must have a reason. It could be that he just doesn't trust him, and there's nothing that Mitrovic can do now. It's, well, he's it's not, game over, which I think is a, a massive shame. Hosner's not retaining his place right now, is he? I mean, it looks like Gale might have uh, gone ahead of him, but yeah, Mitrovic didn't yeah. even come on from the subs bench, and you no. would have to say he must be off in January. But yeah, we'll say it's this. Like I say, it's a shame. We'll say this every week, but surely. Hopefully, we will actually buy a striker just this January. We yeah, shall I mean, see. Um, so, uh, let's talk about the rest of the game. It wasn't that long before uh, before uh, Chelsea came back with a goal. It was Hazard, that man who scored it himself. That was the one where, um, where Richie did a, sh- a shit header, didn't he? Yeah, yeah, Richie was at fault. Richie had a terrible game. He was absolutely destroyed by Victor Moses. I felt sorry for him. He was like, like, I'm I'm sure he must have at some stage during that game thought, I could have sworn I wasn't a left back. (laughs) A right back, sorry. (laughs) No, yeah, yeah, left back. He was was absolutely... Destroyed. Like I don't know. Paul was saying, and I guess he's right. It's because um, Victor Moses was playing as a wing back. Richie had mm. to look after him. But I didn't see much of Clark. I guess he had to be narrower looking after. I don't know who, but Richie was absolutely destroyed by Victor Moses in that game. Yeah. And he's not having a great season, really, Richie, is he? I mean, to be fair, he is getting some assists from set pieces, but... Well, I mean, like, Chelsea clearly targeted our left side. Um, The majority of their attacks were coming down that side. Moses was having a field day, and I think part of it is Richie's not not a left back. Um, But we couldn't... We couldn't... Like, whomever we played on that right-hand side would have been targeted, because we don't have... We don't have a specialist left back fit, and even if we did, it would be Paul Dummett. And I'm guessing they probably would have targeted. But that. he wasn't playing at That's left a, back, Matt Ritchie. But he was just became no, that, like, by default he became a, a, a left back because uh, of he was how pushed good. so far back by their attack. Yeah, yeah. and 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 again, we I mean we said at the beginning, but because of the standard that Chelsea have. They were they were basically playing with three at the back and like five in midfield, but the five in midfield were pushed so far off that it was they just they just overawed us and there, there was very very little that we can do. And to be honest, I, 
Uh, I think 3-1 was maybe harsh on us. I know they were a lot better than us, but I think that um, 3-1 makes it sound like it was a, a mauling. But I don't, I don't think... I don't, it, wasn't I like, feel like it, it wasn't like the Man U game. The Man U game, no, I thought, was a... Yeah. We perhaps dominated... I don't know about dominate, but we perhaps play better for longer in the Man U game. But once they d- yeah. once they woke up, they absolutely tore us apart. It wasn't mm. the case with Chelsea. Again, maybe Chelsea just couldn't be asked to really put the foot on the pedal, or whatever the correct metaphor is. But they, yeah. um, it was, you know, it's just we were getting a lot of abuse. Newcastle over the weekend for everything that's wrong with us and and yes we all have some uh, quibbles about uh, team selection and and what have you but it was a reminder that m- there are so many teams in the Premier League particularly the current Premier League champions Chelsea who man for man are just light years ahead of us it's like yeah. the equivalent um, yeah. of us playing a League Two team, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah, like yeah, the difference. Not, yeah, and it and it's not just having great players; it's having great players in good form, playing under a manager that they're pulling towards, like pulling together under, and in a system that is both comfortable to them and flexible for them, so that they can they can show off a bit. And we're just we're miles away. Like all our victories are going to be hard fought victories. Because we haven't the the talent to 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 blow teams away. I mean, even the even the West Ham win, it was like three 0 was probably more down to them having a terrible day at the office and us just working fucking hard for it than it was anything else. I just I, I don't think that I don't think if if in January whatever happens if we if we don't make key signings, then it is just going to be a slog to get to fifteenth. Whereas if we make signings. I think it'll be a, a more comfortable um, like end to the season. And it, it all rests on the January window for me. We'll see. Well, I guess we'll talk a bit about the January window and yeah. uh, and everything else after. Uh, should we have a break? I mean, let's have a break. I'm going to have a shit in okay. my seat. Okay. And, uh, and we'll see you after this break. The Newcastle Natter is back for the season by Labrooks. Ah, oh, that's better. Welcome back. <laughs> I um. What did, what did he wipe his ass with? That's what I want to know. Like, what did I wipe my ass with? No, not you. The the lad who shot in the the seat at the ground. What did he wipe his ass with? Well, I would say once you've got to the point where you're prepared to shit in a seat in a stadium then thoughts like whether you... Uh, wiping your ass doesn't come into it. I mean, once you've, once you've broken convention that much... I mean, the, guy, the guy's a renegade. He's, <laughs> he's off the grid. He's, he's no longer operating in the same system as us. He doesn't need to worry about, worry about wiping his ass. <sighs> he's operating on a different plane. It's, just, it's honestly making my toes curl just thinking about it. Um, before we move off the Chelsea game entirely, I just wanted to... Murphy looks like he's growing into it. Hey, uh, I'm glad you brought it up. Good man, yes. 
Because I thought he was, he, again, he's, at, he, he's not had a game um, where he's shone, but he's had a few games where he's just looking more comfortable. He's getting used to the pace of the Premier League. He's getting a bit more confident on the ball and making a little bit better decisions. He still makes bad decisions on occasion, but he's a young lad. I think because there were, there were quite a few people saying like, not writing him off, but just saying, what have we bought this guy for? He's not doing it. He's not doing anything like, is he a waste of money? Is he, you know, is he just a, another like, Ashraf Lazar mistake in the market but if he continues to gradually improve as he is doing then he deserves to keep his place and he, he I certainly think he deserves to keep his place and he's certainly got talent it's it's clear that he seems to do worse when he has more time to think hmm. so when when the ball comes out to him on the wing and he's got a bit of space and needs to think about whether to try and beat the man and put in a cross or come inside or you know when they, when there's that when the ball comes to him on the wing and it's that moment of everyone sort of looking at him what are you going to do jacob mm. he doesn't do that well he, he or more often than not he tends to fluff his lines yeah but when it's instinctive He's clearly got some talent. Towards the end of the game, there was a really nice run right down the middle. Mm. And I thought he did uh, well in uh, the West Brom game, I think. I think he he did quite well in that. And he was doing well well in, in this game quite often. I think I found myself giving Gale credit for things that, as time went on, I realised it was actually Jacob Murphy doing it because he was, <laughs> because he, you know, that was in the first half, that was the other end of the pitch and he was yeah. in a position that I assumed Dwight Gale would be. He was doing a lot of closing down. Yeah. He and I think that we sort need of that a Perez type role. Yes. Yeah. Would you, how would you feel about him taking that role from Perez then if we switch back to a 4-2-3-1? Maybe, maybe. I've not seen him like being an incredible crosser of the ball so there's there seems to be no he's not necessarily he doesn't have to be a wide man you can no. you know you can do that dribbling and that put that effort in in the middle as well and, so yeah yeah be be that pest be the because he's a he's much better um dribbling with the ball than Perez is much better and even if he, all he's doing is committing men uh, to to make a foul or if he's <clears throat> drawing players out of position so that if the ball falls loose or if he makes the right pass, then somebody like Shelby or Marino has got a bit of space to play the ball that Murphy doesn't have the, the wherewithal to do, then I, I say give it a go. Why not? Like Perez isn't, you know, lighting any fires in the centre, so... And like you say, he's not, you, you wouldn't be a great loss on the wing, um, especially when Atu returns, whenever that is. Um, oh, speaking of injuries, I don't know if you, you saw, but there was something on I think Sky Sports who was saying that uh, Jamal Lascelles is back in training, which could be huge for us, because the sooner he's back, God, the sooner he, he's back, the better. Um, not just for his ability, because I think he's a decent centre-half, um, I think for his his leadership 
we, we've been lacking that in the last maybe few games. maybe apparently there was a rumor going round in the stands that he was in the stands with us with his mum so we were trying yeah. to spot him but we didn't see him i i listened to the pod you did with paul and there was one moment where i wanted to butt in because it's a bit of an annoyance of mine is 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 this this english thing about captains the idea that like i think one of you sort of implied that jamal Sells was a good captain because he shouted and i just sort of hate that english thing of like (laughs) of you know like i think he was saying like oh shelby tries to leave by example whereas he's not shouting and i don't know that's i just I'm not is that when you threw that. your MP3 player across the room? I did. I threw my yeah. MP. Th- I threw my mini disc. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, uh, yeah. No. So what I meant by that was was less that he's a uh, Stuart Pearce shouting and bawling for no good reason because Stephen Taylor did that, but he he organises a defence and he tells people where to be and it doesn't have to be a. a you know, veins popping out on his neck, screaming at somebody. It just has to be like the the leadership you get from somebody who knows what you're supposed to be doing and tell somebody if you're out of position to move into the right position or tell somebody to to watch the, the run of the man or whatever, like that kind of leadership. And also his, yeah, it's great to see him have a bit of, you know, passion. But it's with Shelby, Shelby doesn't, Shelby doesn't lead the team. Shelby is often the best player that we've got on the team. And he tries to um, orchestrate our like our revival or our um, equaliser or pushing further forward for, for a win. Shelby's more of a like Cristiano Ronaldo-style captain. In, in yes. The, <laughs> and that is not to compare them in terms of ability, but in a sort of like... <laughs> I'm good. Why are you all shit sort of captain? <laughs> he, just, he just always looks pissed off with the rest of his teammates. Anyway. Yeah, you, you see that a lot. His um, arms out wide saying, like, why didn't you pass to me? Or why did you pass that way? Or why have you put it out of play? Or how he does that whether he's that? captain or not, you know? Yeah, 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 exactly. Um, so just to be clear, so far you've compared uh, Scott Parker to Eden Hazard and you've compared John Joe Shelby to uh, Cristiano Ronaldo. Yes. Cool. Yes. So, <laughs> so we know where you are. I'm about to right. compare myself to Nelson Mandela. <laughs> <laughs> well, you too have taken a long walk. I have. I, have. I took a long walk to um, uh, Burgess Park today. Nice. Um, um, so and finally on the, on the Chelsea game, just very quickly, it's just uh, Carl Darlow had another good game. Yes, and he did. Having, I think uh, he cemented think, his yeah. his place as our first choice goalkeeper. Now, just his ability to sort of come out and he's a bit more proactive, isn't he, in terms of coming out yeah. and claiming. I mean, he's, he's still occasionally prone to the like a, a rash decision, but I'd rather. Uh, kind of rather like a young keeper like that makes rash decisions and then learns from them than somebody who doesn't make a decision and we're punished for it. Sure. It's, it's confidence and stuff. But yeah, that's that's all I've got to say on the Chelsea game. Fair enough. I'm not finished. I've got one thing to say on Kieran Clark. This is not on the Chelsea game specifically, but something I noticed recently about Kieran Clark. He's a Matt Ritchie. Mm-hmm. I just assumed that he had a strong Irish accent. He was a 
being interviewed after the West Brom game, maybe. Mm. He was being interviewed. I was like, oh, this will be interesting to to see what kind of Kieran uh, of Irish accent Kieran Clark has. Is it going to be more of a sort of country, sort of from the west coast of Ireland? There, what? Or is it going to be like inside of Dublin, like crazy, like that's a bit of an accent? Is he going to be from Cork? Like that sort of thing. Right? So I took you on a little tour of Ireland there. That was lovely. That was actually quite good, by the way. Anyone who thinks that shit is wrong. He may even be from the north, but no. Turns out he's a Matt, Matt Richard, and he's just like basically from London. He's, yeah. Did you know that? He's like, what he looks he like the most Irish man in the world, Kieran Clark. <laughs> I, did, I, I didn't expect him to have... I, I, honestly, I kind of expected him to have like a Brummie accent. Maybe he does. Maybe maybe he does. But it's a it's a very English accent. Yeah. Nondescript. Yeah. So that was a yeah. disappointment. Um, and before we leave Chelsea, I can't leave it without saying I hate Chelsea. I hate them. <laughs> They're like, I don't hate any teams other than Chelsea. They, their players are great they can be really entertaining to watch i used to really like frank lampard as a bloke i'd i've enjoyed watching them loads but i don't know why i just hate them they're fans i've got the fans are shit they're but they're also nasty i think their fans are in general yeah They've got that sort of Arsenal fan arrogance, but then they've also like got a trust fund. And yeah. I don't know. I just I've got I've got a mate who's a Chelsea fan. Um, Is he a twat? No, sorry. I've outside got... of football, he's a really nice bloke and you know top top lad. But when it comes to Chelsea, all all their players bar. Um, as per the Quetta and Hazard are shit. Not not like, oh, we, we need to improve on that. It's, it's just like they are the worst players in the world. Like we were saying about Diame, but he's saying that about like Willian or Cahill. And I'm thinking not only would they be the best players at our, you know, best in their position at the club, they'd be the best player at our club by a mile. Yeah. And But every game, win, draw, lose, he slates them absolutely slates them and it's it's that like mate just be thankful for what you've got for a minute just just remember that you're moaning about Gary Cahill to like a Newcastle fan an Aston Villa fan and you know an Arsenal fan or whatever it's like just check your privilege for fuck's mm. sake look at what you've got check how many trophies you've got <laughs> check it bro um, it's just uh, it, that winds me up a lot sure. about fans of big clubs is just that, like you're saying, like that arrogance of, well, yes, he might be, you know, a £30 million rated defender and we might be challenging at the top end of the, ta- uh, top end of the table and stuff, but he's fucking terrible. Well, he's we not, though, is he? We went to a pub afterwards, which was like the local Chelsea fan pub, which was obviously incredibly Gastro. I mean, the Chenin block was flowing. We, <laughs> we had like, we had a running joke about, yeah, I'm just meeting up with my firm. 
<laughs> me and my firm are going on a skiing holiday <laughs> in February. No, we're all um, tooled up. But, you know, like, to be fair, they, they, you know, they're not all posh. They've got um, people from all strokes of life. I don't know what it is. Before they got abramovich I don't know what it is. There's something deep within me that has always hated Chelsea. I don't know what it is, but I do. And I really worry that my son might end up taking a liking to them. Oh, just steer them towards like Brentford or Fulham. If you can't, if you can't convince him because all of his mates support London teams, just convince him to support like, like I say, Fulham or Brentford because Fulham, Fulham as a, as a, place to go and watch football really nice place to go and watch football so there's a couple of good pubs nearby yeah, it is but, it's a great little ground but then yeah but then he's got this is an opportunity for him to like support a team that like I wouldn't if he doesn't support Newcastle then in a way I would like him to at least have the opportunity to support a team that might win something yeah but know. then the it wouldn't. It would not be Chelsea. I would not accept that. <laughs> but like, I also wouldn't want to like inflict on it. Like, insist that he has to support Brentford, you know, Newcastle. Or, or Fulham, or whatever. To well, be honest, when if I'm if I'm lucky enough to have kids, wherever I'm living at the time, they are supporting Newcastle United. I don't care. I don't care that I live near to like Man U and Man City. Even if they wanted to support fucking Burnley or something, no, you're a Newcastle fan, whether you like it or not, and you're going to be miserable like your dad. But daddy, I want to go to the opera. Um, <laughs> I don't like football. I like Dostoevsky. <laughs> um, <laughs> right, so um, what else? So uh, let's have a look on Twitter. Well, we could... We could Go very on. quickly mention that the FA Cup draw has been made. Oh, yes. Um, and um, it's actually a really interesting one this time around. There's, it is. Uh, Liverpool-Everton. Um, uh, there's quite a few... Oh, what were the other derbies? There was Liverpool-Everton and um, Borough versus Sunderland. And I think there was a couple of other like actual derbies. And then, Borough-Sunderland, uh, got, biggest derby in the world. Yeah, and we've got um, Luton at home, which I'm hugely surprised at because I was expecting to get like a, a mid-table Premier League side away. But at home against Luton, it's a really, really good opportunity to, even if we feel the weakened side, get through to the next round of the FA Cup. Um, and it's an interesting game because yeah. uh, Luton have in their squad uh, two of Robert Lee's sons. Yeah. Yeah, and Luton are doing really well. Um, they, I think they've, on three occasions, scored, I think they scored seven, I think they scored seven twice and eight once at home. Um, so they're, you know, they're, they're having a good season. So uh, good Ollie, Lee, yeah, Ollie Lee and, crap, I can't remember the, the Robert Lee's other little little lad's name, but um, yeah, the two of them, they're scoring goals and they're, they're playing well together and it's, it should be for that and that alone, like the Rob Lee connection. It should be like a nice FA Cup game instead of a game against somebody that we play a fair bit and they're a bit like Preston. If we had got Preston, it would just be boring. But this has got like a nice narrative to it. Great. The magic of the cup. It'd be great. I've but been yeah. to Luton. I've been to Kenilworth Road. 
Oh, yeah. gra- it's really weird. They're like, there's turnstiles, they're just like, so it's just a terrace street, and then there'll just be a turnstile in between two houses. And then when you're walking <laughs> up the stairs into the ground, you're like walking past someone's bathroom window. It's like really weird. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Well, I'd love to go and see it. It's like January, I think it's January 5th or January 8th, the fixtures. Um, I don't sure, know a, when... But we're at home, right? Yeah, yeah, we're at home. But um, when we go to the replay... When we get the replay, we'll all be there. <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, but if it, like, I don't know if I'm going to be able to get back up there, but, um, yeah, I'd love to go and see, just, just to go and see an FA Cup game. My mum has been on me for decades to go and watch a football game with her, but I really don't want her to go with the man that I am at a football game, because I yeah, don't want her to stop loving me. <laughs> My first response was, why have you not taken your mum to a football game? But then well, I remember I've watch watched, go, I have watched football games with you, and you were like, yeah. "You don't shit in your seat, but you do everything else." <laughs> <laughs> so, I can't let my mum see that. She's a fucking Enid Blyton character. She'd freak out. So before we go, I've had a little bit of feedback on Twitter. Uh, Nixon twenty fourteen. Uh, got in touch to say, I know a lot of people have been giving Jack Colback a hard time, but I met him this week and he gave me a great insight into what the situation is. He said, oh, yeah. mm, he said, if you sign up and make your first deposit, Labrick's will back to you. It's the joke of the year. So we should get, we should do some merch. We should get it on t-shirts. I do like the way it's been taken up by our um, enormous fan base and long may that continue. Yep. I feel like they come well, up with better ones can... than we do now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, Thomas Burkan uh, says, uh, is Amanda Staveley not far too good looking to be the owner of Newcastle United? I think, I mean, she is uh, relatively attractive for a football owner, but I think he's um, forgetting the rugged good looks of Sir John Hall. <laughs> Um, yeah, I mean, this takeover, I wonder, I wonder whether our, because the £300 million bid has been turned down, we're told, and I do wonder whether this uh, bad run with going on has come at just the wrong time. Well, it, it strength, if anything, it strengthens the suitor's hand, because... Which is um, what we want, Yes. But then, yeah, because but Mike Lashley, I'm we, imagining, will have started with a figure in his head, and and uh, it, I, it's just to, it's a it's all about whether we're in a relegation battle and how serious is that relegation battle. Yeah, because that's um, going to have a big effect on the value, isn't it? But but to be fair, I mean, we're on um, 15 points from 15 games. Uh, we've had a shocking run, but we're still, God, we're we're only three points off Everton in 10th and we're five points clear of Crystal Palace in 18th. And they're not in, you know, they're, they're in okay form because they're, you know, they're, they're picking up draws and stuff where once they were just getting, getting spanked. But the teams below us, like Huddersfield, West Brom, Palace, West Ham and Swansea, they're all... They're all still having bad runs as well. It's not like they've caught up with us. It's just that we've, you know, we've dropped a bit. But still, if we can, 
get uh, some points on points from the next few fixtures, which is um, oh, is it Leicester? And then who's after Leicester? I can't remember. Um, it's uh, it's not West Ham, is it? It's uh, it's Everton at home. Leicester. Everton at home. Yeah. But now they've got Allardyce. It's a completely different situation. Um, sure, but if we can get if we can get like four points from them, um, whichever way round it goes, and after after um, the Everton game. It's another tough one uh, away to Arsenal. Where I wouldn't fancy us to get anything, but then then we we get West Ham at home. No, um, we're away to West Ham. Away, away who to West looked, Ham, sorry, yeah. Who were really good? And, uh, no, I wanted to, but I can't. So yes, that does give oh. us a better chance. Um, yeah, but yeah, they looked really good against Man City yesterday. I, I think we're we've got a pretty strong chance of being right in the mix for relegation come May. But we well, I, shall I, see. Yeah. You know, and it all depends on a vast number of factors. But, you know, yeah. we, we, we would, we've, I think we all agree that you could make a case that we've got the worst uh, squad in the Premier League. Uh, Rafa Benitez, Rafa Benitez uh, yeah. seems to agree with that himself. And... Mm. We also all know that it's very rare that any promises about um, transfers come to fruition in January. So, and Rafa, for all his experience and all that, does appear to be going through a bit of a midlife crisis where he tries four four two and sticks Diame in midfield. But you know. I, I still think that of of in the Premier League at the minute, yes, we've got a, a weak squad, but we've got a superb manager, and I think that there's sides below us now that will still be below us. There's like three sides below us now that will still be below us by the end of the season, regardless of what else happens. You're probably right. We'll see, but I, I won't. I won't. Uh, I won't bother Kingston. with percentages just now. Um, no. Let's do. Although, I mean, maybe I will, because I heard on the last pod you were like 15%, which I think is... 15%, abs- yeah. Yeah, 15% to go down was your suggestion. I think that's absurd. So I said I won't do percentages, but I will. I'll do 33.33 recurring. Okay. Our next game is at home to Leicester City. It's the late Saturday kickoff. Um Leicester City seem to have found a little bit of form of late. Yeah, two wins on the bounce. We are certainly not a form team, but um, we seem to all agree that that wasn't a terrible performance against uh, Chelsea. No, nor was it against West Brom. And nor was it against Man U for most of the game. But we we do hope that some different team selections are made, don't we? And let's yeah, yeah. assume that those are made. Let's just say that Diarme doesn't start and instead it's it's either Shelby and Hayden, Hayden and Marino. Basically, t- two out of the three, Hayden, Shelby and Marino in the middle of midfield. Yeah. Uh, let's assume Rafa Benitez comes to his senses in that regard. Um... What was your prediction on the game? I'm going to go for 1-0 to us. 
One nil to us. Okay. Yes. That seems credible. But I, they look like they're in goal scoring form at the I'm going to go 2 2. Okay. I don't know why. I just don't want to say that we're going to lose. So I'm, I'm going to go 2 2. 2 2. Okay. Okay. And and we'll wrap things up there. I feel more ill than I did last week, and I pulled out of last week's pod. I didn't watch a full 18-hour documentary about basketball, which is what Paul said, by the way. I watched three hours of an 18-hour documentary about baseball. <laughs> the history of baseball. What? It's a classic. It's, it's made by Ken Burns. It's one yeah. of who's like the classic American documentary maker. It's a, it's a classic uh, piece of American documentary. It's like the history of the States through baseball. It's a lot of like... Okay. But basically the first two episodes, which are like two hours long each, are, are just like, in 1857, <laughs> an engineer from Buttfuck, Idaho picked up a stick <laughs> well, you know whatever um, but you know it's alright it's good it's interesting I, I recommend it I rec- I've got 18 hours to kill it's on YouTube I recommend it if you're ill there's something sort of comforting about it alright okay so uh, we'll wrap things you're up you're having a meltdown mate yeah I'm having a meltdown I just wanted to throw in some casual conversation at the end because I don't get to speak to you that much Dave you're a very good friend alright I'll um, I'll see you later, and yeah. we'll be back next week. Uh, thank you very much, Dave Watson. Thanks, Fergus. Thank you to you, the Newcastle uh, listener. Don't forget to uh, rate us on iTunes, all of that. Tell your friends. Subscribe. Subscribe. That's helpful. My name is Fergus Craig. Thank you very much. Goodbye. Bye. This is a Playback Media production. To listen to all our football podcasts, visit playbackmedia.co.uk. The Newcastle Natter is back for the season by Labrooks. If you're a large organisation involved in managing, purchasing or making decisions on software licences, you need Livingston. Livingston provides the technology and a large team of experts to help you understand what software is installed on your network, who is using it and whether you purchase the right number of software licences to legally use it. This information can help you make smart business decisions when it comes to renegotiating software licensing agreements with large software publishers like Microsoft, Oracle, IBM and others and when budgeting for software spend. To reduce the cost and risk of managing your software licenses, speak to Livingston today about our managed services. Over 50 multinationals across the world trust Livingston to manage their software licenses. Visit livingston-tech.com for more information. What's your thoughts on Fulham? Chances are you don't think about them too much, but nice away day by the river, used to have a Michael Jackson statue, and once did quite well under Roy Hodgson. But that's probably about it, because chances are you're not a Fulham fan. However, if you do know someone that supports Fulham, maybe a mate or a colleague at work, please tell them about the Fulhamish podcast that I host every week looking at each Fulham game as it comes and goes, with a nice bit of quirkiness and humour along the way too. You can find Fulhamish at fulhamish.co.uk, and we're also available on all podcast platforms, including iTunes, Acast, and playbackmedia.co.uk. That's Fulhamish, your weekly independent Fulham FC podcast. Sports Social Podcast Network.